self-care is such a huge part of being healthy. So, um, yeah, I've got quite an interesting story of what, you know, the SAD diet, the standard American diet is mm. um, linked with disease. And that's because it's an inflammatory diet full of lots of processed food and lots of bad fats. So I've come along and designed a diet that's very easy to crowd all those bad foods out. So it makes it super easy. So I'm going to explain that with you today. And I'll talk about my journey a bit about what I went through. Um, Cause uh, yeah, my, the way I was eating, I thought was healthy, um, but I was making a lot of mistakes. Um, and yeah, it led me to have um, health problems. So, you know, cancer's one in three on the planet today. So by paying attention and learning uh, better, healthier ways to eat, you can actually, um, you know, avoid that. So there's a lot of problems wrapped around food. So um, I think the biggest one is now in our busy lifestyles is we want convenience. So that's actually, even though, you know, these a lot of foods bring into the house are convenient they're not as healthy they're more processed and um, the convenience is our problem it's and it's the way that we're thinking i guess um so for me a lot of stress around me back um when all this started in the beginning um like i spoke yesterday so i'll just quickly say that i had um, a very sick child for many years who's super healthy now so that's um this everything that we we've done at home to help drew get well so he was born at 25 weeks uh lost all of his large intestine and some of his small and has had ongoing gut health problems and digestive problems so that's why i'm here speaking to you today because everything i've done for my fan for drew has helped myself and my family so that's just what what i teach is what i've done to help drew so for us he's like a canary in the mine okay so what I found is um, whatever Drew was struggling with, um, eventually over time, if certain foods and things that are inflammatory or not very good for our gut or kill our good bacteria, um, eventually get us all. Some of us have stronger genetics <laughs> uh, if they don't have a health concern at a young age and it might be in their 40s, 50s or 60s before we're catching up with them. But um, so prevention is your best choice and learning how to eat now. Um, basically an alkalizing, anti-inflammatory, high water diet, uh, full of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants um, will serve you very well. So, and yeah, getting back to our mindset, um, we think I did especially. So back then, yeah, I wanted, I had three small children. I was chronically tired. I had been, um, told I had depression by my doctor and prescribed antidepressants. So cooking was just adding to all that. Like too much time consuming foods was a problem for me. I wanted it quick, sharp, easy. You know, it was cereal, breakfast cereals, toast, um, a little bit of fruit in there, but um, yeah, a lot of processed foods, a lot of bad fats, a lot of fast food. So yeah, I say now when they, they call it in America, they say, you know, let's go to, um, the drive-through and get some food, you know, some takeaway food. And I, I'm now I'm like, we should just call it the drive-by. So don't stop there. Just keep driving is, is the philosophy now. Um, a lot of that type of food was in my diet. So um, 
And also too, now there's too many diets, which is very confusing out there. So I'm a nutritionist and a health coach. Mm. And my, although my nutrition course was awesome, um, it was the health coaching course that really got to me because it was more of the psychology of eating. So um, yeah, that's where I needed the help. We all know what to eat and what to do, I think. We just don't know why we don't do it more. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I think a lot of it too is physiological. Like we are, if we're really, if you understand acid alkaline, if you're acidic, um, you're drawn to more acidic foods. If you're more alkaline, you're drawn to more. And for me, you've been on the green key for a while. That's a green powder supplement food. Mm. Um, and I know when people are acidic because they tell me they don't like the taste. And mm. it's, not too, it's not too long after being on it, a month or two, they love it. And they yeah. crave it yeah so yeah so actually once you swap over to this diet it does take a little bit of time for your body to actually start craving those foods but um yeah it happens so it definitely happened to us because when we mm. decided to make the changes we had drew who was um probably three or four years old i was trying to assume naturopaths and kinds of health professionals and get got him on this perfect diet but I thought it was just for him because of his health condition so I was making separate meals so that's another problem that people fall into that trap is trying to make different meals for every member of the family so that's obviously going to cause you stress he was not happy as you know having temper tantrums and my husband's smart. He's very smart. He said, whatever you feed Drew from now on, you feed all of us. So we went on the same mm, diet. Nice. <laughs> we was like, awesome. So my, I was a little slow, like a slow learner. But my, my nightcap at one point got really frustrated with me and was like, I don't understand what you don't get about this diet. This is healthy for everybody. Drew's the lucky one. He's never going to have cancer. He's wow. going to be so wow. healthy. Yeah. So luckily, she finally got through to me. And that's when, you know, we really made the chances for everybody. But I was in tears at first. I had like two huge boxes of groceries. And we really decided all that processed food, all the numbers and colors and preservatives and all the stuff that was affecting Drew's health, causing bloating and distension, uh, went out the door. So that was a huge adjustment. Uh, and you don't have to do it that extreme. You can do it, you know, a little bit slower if you like. But um, yeah, so we've had quite a journey. Um, and uh, now uh, we try and eat 80 to 90% plants and we throw in, um, you know, some really healthy protein in there, um, maybe once a day uh, and some grains as well, but predominantly plants. So I think people are quite confused about what is a healthy diet because there is so much choice now. Um, and too many people aren't eating at home and aren't cooking at home, mm. which I find, yeah, I find super sad because that's your connecting time. That's what I found. Mm. Um, is, it used to stress me out, but now like, so, so they say you have to love your medicine and your food is your medicine. So this well, that's cooking lovely. at home, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this cooking at home um, is so important that uh, we change our mindset and start to love it and enjoy it and see it as our medicine and maybe one of our favorite hobbies even. So to take, take it that way. Um, yeah, that's so important. That's such a valid point. Yeah, so there's a big price for all this convenience, I think. Um, mm. 
I don't think it's fair to go back to the old days. I remember my mother was the only one in the kitchen. Uh, now thinking back, I do feel bad for her. We should have helped her more. But in our house, we've come where we, it's a team thing. We all, it's, you know, you can practice some teamwork and everybody is involved and helps. But the, in my nutrition course, he did say you should um, have the most relaxed person in the house do the cooking. So, that is so important. Um, that comes back to that whole intention. And yeah, that is so important. Yes. Yeah, so in this house, it's my husband's. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. pass on to him. Nice one. Uh, yeah. So when he, uh, in, in my health coaching course, he said, even go as far as play your favorite music, light a candle, um, just, you know, relax around it. So, wow. That sounds so inviting, Maria. I think that's the important part that if you share with people already i'm romancing that whole cooking idea now so i think yeah. i'm gonna get more regular into it that's great to hear good um yeah so it is just it's flicking the switch and changing your mindset around um and then yes we have to be aware that our taste buds get used to five fat you know msg flavor foods so we we gotta get off those but um yeah you totally can do it on proof you can do it uh, and yeah a lot what a lot of people think is healthy might not be so um so the way to make that really easy is to just crowd out the bad food with what i call and it might be it's too extreme for some but because we need 90 nutrients a day as a nutritionist we talk about your minerals your 60 minerals your vitamins your amino acids um, your essential fatty acids and, and all that. So you need quite a variety, uh, if you, especially if you're going to be vegan or, or vegetarian. So what I to crowd out all that bad food, you're going to be so full anyways. You're having trying to have I call it my five by five diet, and it can be a combination of raw foods, cooked foods, and adding in some cultured foods in there. Their benefits for the gut. Um, but yeah, five veggies in the morning. Now. So I put my clients on soups um, for breakfast, which coming from Australia and America, that's not that common, <laughs> but very healthy way to go. So soups um, for breakfast. Yeah, veggie oh, soups nice. for breakfast. Yeah. Okay. And all, yep, always using you know cooking extra veggies at night with dinners. Mm. You can have them maybe with an egg in the morning. Mm. It's not that hard to do, and even a lot of my clients have love a, a nice salad with like a poached egg on top for breakfast. So I've got ideas for breakfast for you guys. But um, what we really want to avoid is your breakfast cereals mostly. Um, the refined and processed um, today's wheat is is quite a problem. So you want to be looking at more um, healthier ancient grains and gluten free uh, um, options. So, um, but in my nutrition course, he said that eating today's wheat, because it's so, um, it's been, you know, genetically modified um, with the right intention to help feed the planet, but it comes with a cost. Um, it's very inflammatory to the gut. So Drew just could not cope with it and, and neither can I actually. So he said it was like rubbing sandpaper on the inside of your intestine. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was feeding Drew wheat bix every morning. The kid loved them. Uh, all kinds of wheat-filled cereals and wheat toast probably for lunch with, you know, peanut butter on it. So he was totally a very inflammatory food that, that I thought was healthy back then. So, mm. I didn't so that's what I mean about, it's a little confusing with food. Wow. 
So your bread, you've got to make sure you're on the right kind. So it's the ancient grains that you mm. want. Um, and yeah, again, milk was it. So the high allergy foods are wheat, dairy, soy, eggs, and corn. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I do the hair test and, and test for that. But that's oh, the wow. top, top five allergies to humans. So those are, those are healthy foods in most people's category. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, sugar, you've got to be super careful with. Um, and we, I had a lot of sugar in my diet. The packet foods, I had quick foods, lollies, mm. snacks, um, hot chips, things like that. So the, <laughs> I wasn't eating too healthy, let's put it that way. But I did wow. think I was. Yes, um, yes. Wow, wow. I can imagine that. Wow. Yeah. So, so one at a time, we cut out the wheat products to start. Um, and you can get, you know, really good quality grains still. So I'm not you know, um, totally bashing like organic wheat, ancient grain wheat products. Mm. But, but if you do have digestive problems, um, they are inflammatory, so know that. Um, so if you can visualize like a refrigerator diet, so we're on mostly plants and they're mostly gonna be, like I said, a, a, some raw, some cooked in the forms of soups um, and throwing in your cultured foods as well. And then another way to, is to visualize a blowtorch to the pantry. So we talked about that yesterday too. So all those refined and processed foods, that's where you find a lot of the problematic stuff, lots of salt, lots of bad fats, um, you know, the, the bad grains are in there and they're very acidic and inflammatory. So yeah, so they're usually in the pantry, not in the refrigerator. <laughs> so if you can start to ditch a lot of those. Um, yeah, so let's see. Yes, thinking about high water alkalizing, low glycemic, so low sugar foods is gonna be awesome. Um, yeah, so I found back then I was super stressed about meals and wanted it to be as quick and easy mm. as possible. So I was using those packets. I don't know if you have like rice packets in India. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to love eating them when I was in Australia. Oh my God. When they <laughs> well, just got launched, I thought that was the best thing ever. Uh, yeah, because it's very tasty, but very <laughs> quick. So you can make a quick dinner with those and then you just steam some broccoli and your protein. But oh, once I realized I was I feeding them to my family yeah, every night. Yeah. <laughs> They had all the, the artificial flavors, numbers, and colors, and MSG in there. So, yeah, we really had to stick with those. Wow. Um, and just start cooking um, for the family. So, uh, and that's, yeah, if you think about um, like really slowing down preparing your food as well as really slowing down eating your food, if you think about like that rest and digest stage, that's pretty awesome. Uh, that we do have to, a lot of people aren't even chewing their food. So um, yeah, it's a real problem. So I've got, yeah, you do, another thing is you have to be super organized, which was hard for me <laughs> at the beginning. So this means, yeah, kind of uh, one of the tips is meal planning. Um, and a lot of people really get into meal prepping, but how I like to do it is, um making big pots of soups or um so and, and you have a big pot of soup whenever you're hungry you can go to the fridge and you know um have a have a soup instead of an unhealthy snack have more soup you can eat lots and lots of food you're not going to gain weight because it is mostly plants and vegetables so um yes yeah, so soups like zucchini, mm. zucchini 
skinny fritters, um, things like that, that you can make lots of. So I guess um, it really is actually not as time consuming because it's just at one point, like to make a 10 liter pot of soup takes quite a while at that time, but then you have it for the whole week to eat. So a family of five. So, and rolling over dinner into breakfast, like we talked about a little bit. Um, yeah. So making, always making extra veggies so that you can in the morning add it with eggs. Um, just making sure you have your healthy staples always like um, dried canned beans that are really high in fiber and iron and um, nuts and seeds and their butters and knowing about activating nuts. Have you ever done that for me? Do you activate your nuts over there? Uh, yeah, we soak almonds overnight, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, beautiful. And then turn them into nut butters. Uh-huh, yes, yes. Yeah. So like a really healthy breakfast is for us is um, green apple with some almond paste. And mm. then, you know, that's it. Mm. Um, beautiful breakfast, yeah. Um, some like rolled oats, um, not the oats in the little packet. But, uh, and also too, it's thinking it gets healthy. Cooking at home is thinking about things like microwaves. Mm. Um, are a good idea because they kill all the enzymes in your food and they radiate the food. Mm. So going back to being quite happy to heat something up gently on the stove when you're warming it up. So, yeah, we're um, just looking for the easiest, but you're right. The cost of making things easy will negate everything else because in the end, you'll be licking your wounds. That kind of process. Yeah. Right? Mm. that was going to hurt food was... Um, it wasn't going to happen in our house um, at that stage. Like we had our back against the wall. He was really quite sick. Um, so the microwave went out of the house and it's never returned. You know, wow. as soon as my the coach that I was working with was like not heating his food in the microwave. Well, obviously that all flows to the rest of us. So yeah. So we just um, we gifted that um, a local sports club. <laughs> yeah. That's probably not the best thing to do, but um, yeah, in my opinion, microwaves are part of home cooking. Mm. They're hugely integrated to everybody's homes. I, I've noticed, you know, the kids' friends over the years come in, they're like, where's your microwave? <laughs> I'm just so used to not having it though. Um, that's a, another convenience problem, yeah. So, but um, packet oats, probably not a good idea. Go for your really biodynamic oats and cook them in water and add like chopped apple to flavor or some frozen blueberries so you don't need your sugars products or a little bit of maple syrup and or um, raw honey because that has its minerals with it um so we're really after really high nutrient low calorie um flavorful foods um and so the the oats you can also put like cinnamon and nutmeg and it's almost like a yummy apple pie uh, and if you add enough water, you don't actually need to add dairy because, you know, although raw dairy from an organic cow is quite healthy, um, the way that milk is heat treated and stuff, most people, 80% of people um, are allergic to dairy. They just don't realize it. Wow. Yeah. So what else for breakfast? What do you have for breakfast? I eat... Uh like an Indian breakfast. Beautiful. So you're more on whole foods for breakfast rather than a, a bowl of cereal. 
Uh, yeah, but a bowl of cereal, I would have um, more like an oats-based cereal. Yeah, and so then, like a healthy, yeah. Yeah, like a healthy version and homemade because uh, I have the liberty of having a cook here. So, oh, nice. Yeah, we have Indian breakfast like poa and upma. I don't know the English translations, but they are form of oat. Yeah, but yeah, before, that's right. But before that's breakfast, I have a full ritual of my green tea and my super greens and my raisins soaked overnight, almonds soaked overnight. So the so breakfast for me actually is all of that. And sometimes I just skip breakfast and go straight to lunch. Yeah. So, so you just have a fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, so green smoothies are another good way to go because that's easy to get the five veggies. Mm. So like a half of an avocado, an apple, a cucumber. So we really lay off the fruit in our smoothies. Just mm. not there's rules some rules like you don't have to pay attention to them all the time but like the food combining rules that mm. you should eat yes. yeah eat fruit in isolation don't and uh eat fruit don't juice fruit mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. too much sugar hit so i've just i've got an ebook that people can access green smoothies for gut health oh we would um, love that if you can share that link with us after yeah of course yeah so it's all smoothies and the way we flavor those is with lemon and green apple because green apple is the one food that you can eat that with steak. It doesn't matter. Wow. Um, so that, that can be in your smoothies. Yeah. And they're really yummy, but our, our smoothies don't add fruit mm. except for the green apple. Um, so yeah, green smoothies, you can make big batches of those and um, they last for two days in the fridge. You just re-blend them. So it's, I think it's about making you know, large amounts of stuff when you are in the kitchen. Uh, and that's just your segment of your cooked food. Um, and then also adding, you know, if you're reheating soup, you're adding some zest to that with raw garlic, um, some raw uh, fresh herbs. So parsley, dill would be beautiful. Because you do have to bring in a, a large amount wow. of that raw food for your enzymes and to reflavor it and make it different. So you're not getting bored. So this is like the educational section that explains to people why they would want to hop onto a program to rebalance. And um, hormones are not just about uh, balancing your hormones, like Pramit just said, is not just about hormones. So it's um, multifactorial. It involves there's no magic pill. It involves cleaning up a lot of areas of the of your life. So the circle of life. So you've got health, your food choices, detox, stress levels, your mental health, genetic orders play part now because um, there's a condition that we know about now called MTHFR, which um, affects how well you can detox. So you end up storing these toxins um, and, and hormones. So that has a big impact. And you, you, obviously your glands, your, your thyroid, um, and as we talked about yesterday, and I'll teach you today, all the toxins in the environment. So although it can be totally overwhelming, again, it's very exciting um, because um, we're in control. There's so much we can do. Um, so I'll tell you quickly a little bit about myself because I want to make sure I stick to time. But that's my family. That's us in Vermont. Um, and my health journey started about 24 years ago with Drew. The fellow in the hat was born at 25 weeks. 
So I do have the MTHFR gene mutation. I found that out about myself. So if I'd have known about that, that, that's linked with um, uh, premature babies and, and miscarriage and stuff like that. So, um, and those are my other two beautiful children, Jacob and Samantha and my husband, Justin. So from some, some trauma in our life, um, we've really been blessed to learn all this stuff and, and piece all these pieces together for better health. So yeah, your hormones rule everything in, in your body. So um, I've learned that. <laughs> and yeah, one thing is what is happening to our hormonal health? So I've got these slides here um, that'll keep me on track. But yeah, about 90% of women of reproductive age are experiencing some sort of hormonal problem. So you have to ask yourself what is going on today because um, it wasn't like that back in the day. So at the beginning of the 21st century, there was a one in 80 chance of developing cancer. So that's just an example of how rare that condition was. And a lot of hormonal imbalance is linked with um, hormonal imbalance cancer. So estrogen dominance is one. Uh, and the statistics today have changed um, significantly. So the statistics today are one in three, if you live to be 70, will have cancer. And a lot of these cancers we're seeing are hormonally driven now. So a lot of problems going on, but there's a lot of solutions as well. And the solutions are great for our, our bodies, our children, and the planet. So it's being super proactive. It's good for everybody. Uh, and there's lots of other diseases going on. Um, two out of five suffer heart disease and stroke. Um, yeah, huge stuff going on. No, no hormone is bad. That's a good thing to know. They all have a role in the body. Um, and I'm not a biochemist or a scientist. I've um, done a lot of reading. Uh, one of my favorite people I study is Dr. John Lee. So you can get his books. Um, yeah, he's written a lot of books. What your doctor may not tell you about menopause. What your doctor may not tell you about um, pre-menopause and yeah he's an expert in estrogen dominance too so I followed his work for years so most of this comes straight from stuff I've learned from him but you do need your balance your hormones balanced and you're never ever going to have perfectly balanced hormones that's um, probably not the right, right word but that's the word we're going to mm. use today harmony is probably more like it mm. yeah because yeah so um, yeah, having your hormones in harmony. How's that? <laughs> uh, so we have to Very have a health. Point. Yeah, cool. We have to have a healthy ratio. Um, so I, I do a lot of testing in my clinic now. I'm a nutritionist and a health coach, and I'm really interested in hormones. Um, obviously, I'm a woman. I have a daughter. I have boys. I'm breathing, so I'm interested in hormones. Um, but um, we do do a lot of testing and you can see a lot of these balances and, and uh, the links that they're making to disease. So um, yeah, a woman shouldn't have low testosterone or low estrogen and she shouldn't have high testosterone or high. Those are just examples. Either way, it's not good. Um, you've got your sex hormones, testosterone's linked with vitality, energy, muscle, libido, um, estrogen is the protective hormone. It's made in the ovaries, um, made from fat cells and in the adrenal glands. So I think I'll just, this is, uh, progesterone's a precursor to, to hormones. So cortisol, estrogen, testosterone. So the, the point is um, you need your, to have re really healthy hormones, you need your estrogen, progesterone imbalance. Um, so 
what um, Dr. John Lee teaches is about estrogen dominance. So I'm gonna skip through some of this because there is a lot of information here. Um, but yeah, no hormone is bad. So yeah, one way to really sort this out is to do a cleanse or a detox. Um, so we have lots of hormones. We have our insulin hormone, they're the fat storage hormone. Um, cortisol, uh, it's produced in the adrenal, adrenal glands and is a stress hormone. And one thing interesting about that is it does um, shut down your immune system. So um, you wanna be careful with the levels of stress you have releasing cortisol. Um, mm. Yeah, because too, you think, um, yeah, I recently found out this, the cortisone is what they give, um, one of the drugs they give organ transplant patients to shut down their immune system. So especially at this time right now, we have to be very careful with our stress levels and um, yeah, because it's affecting our hormones. Wow. Yeah. So serotonin is a feel good hormone. And then you have thyroid hormone that affects your metabolism and the leptins linked with hunger. So, I mean, it's such a big subject hormones, but this really is just about how much you can help yourself by understanding estrogen dominance and that progesterone is a safe hormone um so it doesn't sort of ha it's not a sex hormone really it doesn't have a sexual characteristic we know that because babies are bathed in progesterone for nine months so baby boys still come wow. out baby boys yeah and baby girls still come out baby girls so it's a safe hormone to use too men make a ton of testosterone and progesterone a small amount of estrogen um, so this is all, again, just lots and lots um, of facts and stuff on sex hormones, um, which we probably don't need to run through so I can get through this. Um, but we do have an epidemic of illness related to hormone imbalance. Um, so due to increased es estrogen in our environment, so symptoms are much worse than previous generations. Um, one thing is osteoporosis it's one of the major concerns and it used to be considered an old person's disease, but we're getting it in our, our young women are having it as young as 35 now. So bone density, is, uh, which I'm really interested in, um, is linked with your balance of estrogen and progesterone as well. So you used to just think it was estrogen, but now they know you need the right um, progesterone as well. Um, and that, this is why, because osteoclasts take away the old bone, you have to have a balance of the osteoclasts and the osteoblasts. So the osteoclasts take away, the osteoblasts fill in the new bone. Um, so a lot of people think it's a disease of just calcium deficiency, but it's not. It's definitely, you want your progesterone levels. Um, they're really good for helping you lay down new bone. So progesterone's um, sort of getting all the... The good, the good guy pressed here, but um, obviously estrogen is very important as well. It's just when it's, you have too much of it and the synthetic type of problems. Um, so why are our hormones out of balance? And our hormones control everything, our mood, our weight, energy levels, hormonal cancers, um, gut health issues, Crohn's disease and pain issues. Um, and you know, it's always been linked with women you know, and maybe being grumpy and things with their hormones are out of balance. Um, however, uh, every man, woman and child with this hormone estrogen dominance problem uh, really will want to know about this. 
So it's affecting every wow. mammal on the planet. Yeah. So we all have hormones. Um, and women, like I said, tend to get picked on and, um, uh, yeah, maybe it's a sensitive issue for, for us girls, but yeah, it is affecting the guys too. And it's affecting our mm. fertility. Yeah. 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 So estrogen dominance, um, have you heard much about that for me? Oh, vaguely, but not in detail. So I'm looking forward to hearing this. Yeah, so this is, this is um, a subject that, yeah, I kind of think about it a lot. So I'm always trying to make sure I'm not in this. This is actually um, a, a condition, estrogen dominance. It causes all sorts of health problems, and there is a lot of them. So don't get overwhelmed because uh, the solutions are, we've already talked about detoxing the home and all that beautiful in-home cooking that we talked about. Um, but many female health problems uh, occur from hormonal imbalance, typically caused by this condition of estrogen dominance. And all that means is your estrogen and progesterone are out of balance. So too much estrogen in ratio to progesterone. So your symptoms are um, uh, your premenstrual problems, lots of fatigue, foggy thinking, memory loss, miscarriage, autoimmune problems, sleep problems, uh, this one, breast enlargement men and women, um, cycles, irregular cycles, pain. So it's linked with carbohydrate cravings, fluid retention, gallbladder problems, weight gain, fibrocystic breast disease. So um, I've even explained here, ex ex excess estrogen in relation to progesterone causes cells in the breast to accumulate more fluid. So multiply more rapidly and create cysts. So it keeps going, uterine fibroids. I see a lot of that in my clinic. Um, low libido, mood swings, depression, acne, blood sugar problems, thyroid problems, um, miscarriage is more common, and, and actually being able to hold on to a pregnancy. So if you have too high of estrogen, yeah, that's the problem. Um, excessive blood clotting, excessive blood clotting and osteoporosis. So endometrial cancer, that wasn't even a thing in the 20, uh, it's a disease of the 21st century. So it's causing, it's very painful and um, it wasn't even reported in the 1800s. So it, we, we explain what's going on. Um, breast cancer is increased in all women, um, but yeah, lots of young women with cysts, uterine fibroids and men are even getting breast cancer. So what is all this xenoestrogen? It's a synthetic estrogen. And it's, yeah, it's rampant in the environment. So this is a little bit about testing, which um, just realize that the saliva is the best way to test. Um, and that we have uh, estrogen dominance is rampant in our environment. I'm gonna tell you why and where you can find all these synthetic chemicals that are um, mimicking estrogen, that's what they do. So they actually lock into the cells. Our receptor sites are in our cells, and if these um, estrogen mimickers get into the cell, then your real hormone can't get in there. So it blocks that process. So we just need to learn how to cleanse and detox. Um, so hormone imbalance, yes, it's a, a big problem. So we have a lot of pollution now. It's in the air we breathe. Foods we're eating and the chemicals we're coming into contact in our homes. We talked about that yesterday. 
So our exposure to toxins, pollutants, preservatives, prescription medications, the birth control pill is a big problem. Um, and that is a big problem right across the board um, with damaging your gut bacteria. It, it, takes up um, your B vitamins so it um, affects your energy, it reduces your essential fatty acids so it affects your mood, not to like go on about the birth control pill, but it is it pulls a lot of really key nutrients from the body. So, uh, that's why we see so many side effects with the girls on the pill, but it does link with this estrogen dominance as well. Wow. Yeah. So petrochemicals, pesticides, fertilizers, plastics. So plastic's a big one. So if you think, so all these chemicals to soften the plastic, so like glad wrap, um, you would never put glad wrap with anything hot because then those chemicals can leach into your food. So some people cover their food and stick it in the microwave. Um, yeah, so those droplets of xenoestrogens and things uh, get into your food. So um, be very careful with um, plastics and the, the water bottle pl plastic. Um, but yeah, try and even not use Glad Wrap at all um, if you can. So if you can feel like that greasy feeling, those chemicals in there are the estrogen, they're estrogen mimickers. Our body thinks it's estrogen. So you can see why so many people, and men and boys and children are, are at risk of this hormonal problem. So you've got to be really careful with um, toys, because kids put their toys in their mouth, um, drink bottles. So formaldehyde is rampant through the home too. So you think um, particle board um, in our kitchens, it's, it's absolutely everywhere. This, this, you know, this synthetic estrogens and, uh, and all the chemicals. So if you think chemical, you think it's an est estrogen mimicker. So um, like blues, um, carpets off gas, our couches, our curtains. It's really quite overwhelming, especially if you're moving into a new house. You're going to want to leave the windows open for a very long time. <laughs> house paints, and we talked about clothes yesterday. Um, so these chemicals are very harmful to humans and they're capable of causing disease and affecting our fertility. So that's the thing, they take years to off gas. So like for me, I probably would never buy a brand new car. And if I did, I'd do it in the summer so I can leave the windows down. Cause I know that that's gonna be all gassing all these synthetic uh, xenoestrogens for quite some time, probably about three years. So that's, that's a personal choice. We'd all love a brand new car, but <laughs> keep the windows down if you buy one. Uh, our homes are our major source of exposure. So our home and our car, uh, but yeah. Everything we're using, personal care products, toothpaste, body wash, shampoo, I'm going to fly here, go away. <laughs> uh, so anything that if you can smell it too, like fragrances, um, cleaning products, I think with perfume, you spray it right into your thyroid. Um, so all these things are a huge problem and they're estrogen mimickers in our system. Um, so they have a devastating effect on our hormonal balance, not humans, but of all mammals. And especially unborn babies. So you can see that, yeah, I've really, um, I don't, I'm not hearing enough about this. I think that more people should be mm. knowing about this. Mm. Um, like our, our babies are born with less capability to make babies themselves when they get older, mm. just because of it, the things that we can avoid. Mm. So um, it's, I, it frustrating and um 
you know, I think it's only fair to try and keep everybody as healthy as they can be because all of this stuff is avoidable. So um, it can be overwhelming, but it's also like, all right, I can do something about it. I can make changes at home. So I think people need to know what's going on. And I'm really not hearing, I mean, I'm in the health industry and I'm not hearing many people talking about this. So even if they are discussing hormones, they're not talking about this section very much. They're more talking about gut health, liver health, exercise, meditation, you know, all those other things. But we really have, we've got to stop the exposure. That's what we need to do to these synthetic estrogen mimicking chemicals. And then you don't have to worry much about the detoxing and things like that. Um, if you stop exposing yourself to this in the first place. So that's why we need to know where everything's coming from. Most of the exposures are avoidable. So, oh, that's why I have the Modea picture there because they have the Live Clean philosophy. Um, and so you can get a lot of your safe toothpaste, shampoos and all that from them, as well as you can get your hormone balancing herbs and, and liver products and gut healing products and supplements and stuff as well. So that they've been a good source. So stress is a big one. Um, it increases your stress hormone cortisol and it increases your estrogen. Um, so you have to um, take on meditation and deep breathing. Because when you're deep breathing, um, do guided meditation if you're a beginner. Um, but, you know, the long, slow breath just tells the brain that everything's okay. Mm. And you're, not, you're not being chased by a tiger. So that's um, really important for balance. So it's just, it's one of the things we have to mm. learn. To focus on what we can do to avoid xenoestrogens altogether, and this will help us balance our hormones, um, but starting with being in meditation. So do not stress because there's so much you can do that's positive about this. Uh, but we do live in an estrogenic environment, so you need to be aware where everything is, the synthetic clothes, perfumes we've talked about. Dr. Peter. These are the did, big ones. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my clients, even after working with me, they come in, you know, a month later and I'm still smelling perfumes on them. <laughs> I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> we talked about the perfume. You know, you have to use um, really healthy essential oils. You have to start to make your own perfume because those those other ones are they have um phthalates and things and solvents that are hormone disruptive so that was a tough one for me when i found that out some people invest a lot of money in their perfume <laughs> and yeah to find out it's harming them yeah it's frustrating but laundry powders are a big, big one peter dingle's a great source he explains um if you can smell um, laundry powder on your clothes, um, that's affecting your hormones. So the, the chemicals in there for the fragrance are hormone disruptive. Wow. And yeah, and storing your fat. So, and because I think we just have a constant all-day exposure to the chemicals in our laundry powder because we're wearing our clothes all day and then we go and sleep in our beds at night. So, so that's probably the first one to change, I think, because that's your, a really huge exposure. Is uh, Find a really good... Uh, company that has safe um, laundry mat. but be really careful with bleach too um, that's super hormone disruptive um, so that's some things you can do and start to eat more organic food 
because um, the organic organophosphate sprays are all estrogenic too. So, so you can see hundreds of sources, you know, throughout the day. Um, but start with the dirty dozen list, avoid those and get the clean 15 into you. So uh, broccoli and apples I have on here are sprayed a lot. So start trying to sort and broccoli, you need the foods that um, um, can pull these synthetic estrogens out of the body and broccoli has that capability. It's high in sulfur. So it's very detoxifying and can help you. So you should eat some broccoli every day and lots of foods, which in my book, eat eat your way to healthy hormones it talks about all the foods that will help you um just get rid of these other things you can do to avoid xenoestrogen so if you're doing a hormone balanced diet you're going to be a vegetarian <laughs> so people might find that frustrating but all meat you pick up not only the hormones from the animal um, if, if we um, eat each other, we have hormones running through our system, right? So you're going to mm, pick up those hormones. You're so right. Same with any other animal, a chicken, um, a fish, you, a, a cow, you're going to get their hormones that are naturally in their body. Um, so when you're trying to do a balance or a detox, uh, if you're having a severe symptom, you cut meat generally um, right out of the diet. A little bit might be okay if you can get... Um, Depends on how severe your symptom is really, I suppose. But you really would want to make sure it's organic because you're also going to be picking up the synthetic hormones that the animals are being and antibiotics and things like that. So you would definitely avoid sugar and refined starch as these always uh, increase estrogen in the body. Um, this one's a bit harsh. Dr. Sandra Cabot, one of her books, says even two standard drinks a day increase a woman's risk of hormone, hormonal breast cancer by I would agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's a bit depressing. <laughs> Feel like your red wine, but yes, it's true, it does. That's okay, um, you can meditate. Okay, good, I'll, I'm with that, sure. So being aware about that and just being pretty stubborn and uh, making yourself, you know, a soda water with pomegranate instead of, we have lots of tricks here at the clinic to help women um, reduce, because wine they use to relax them. So um, there's lots of, like you said, you can meditate, you can uh, make other drinks that um, are have no alcohol in it and are actually quite healthy. So, um, Limiting the alcohol, I've seen it over and over and over again, uh, just reduces the symptoms of breast pain, you know, straight away. So that's that's proof right there that that works. Um, <clears throat> you also make estrogen from body fat, so that's fairly frustrating. So a woman, even if she's had a hysterectomy, if she's a little bit overweight, she'll, she could still have estrogen dominance. So we, we want to shift the extra weight for our health. Uh, but Dr. John Lee says we live in a sea of estrogen. So excess calorie intake, these are other factors, impaired lip function. Um, and that's because you can't, your liver is where you manufacture and metabolize your hormones. So you, you do want to get your liver on your side. And I think it's an unforgotten organ. So really looking after that will help you. Um, low hydrochloric acid and poor digestion and nutritional deficiencies. Being constipated too is a huge problem and stress we talked about. Mm. So what is all this estrogen capable of doing in your body? 
Well, obviously this isn't just about women. I speak to mostly women. So people living in industrialized, in the industrialized world are obviously at higher risk of estrogen dominance. Um, and it, it's linked with lots of health issues that we talked about, but I've brought up a few here again, breast cancer, cancer of the uterus, gallbladder, increased weight. One thing is not being able to use your food for energy and storing everything as fat. So too much estrogen is not what you want in your body. Uh, there are many things you can do to reduce the risk. The key is to reduce estrogen while increasing progesterone through healthy lifestyle choices. Stop the exposure to products containing foreign estrogen. Make sure you stop using products at home that put you at risk. And there are many companies now making safe products, but still remember to do your research um, because the labeling laws aren't great and all natural and organics pretty much don't a lot. So you have to really look into your company. But yeah, um, doing a cleanse. I'm, I'm starting to use the word cleanse a lot more. So I've got cleanse detox there because I think people are intimidated by detox. Um, but getting your liver is involved. Your gut and your liver are really going to help you out when it comes to hormonal balance. You can use specific herbs that help increase your progesterone, like wild yam and chase tree. Um, you can use natural progesterone creams you, um, that are precursors to making, not making your hormones, but helping your body make them themselves. Um, so now we're talking about how wonderful progesterone is again. Like I said, it is a safe hormone, but it still needs to be in balance. Um, so let's see. So progesterone is made in the ovaries. And another interesting thing is um, it's made from, from cholesterol. So um, yeah, cholesterol is uh, tagged as a hormone. It's a similar to a hormone. Um, so these are good to bad cholesterols in ratio. Um, you, need your, you need cholesterol to, to make um, your hormones. So be very careful with statin drugs. Is um, yeah, I've had a lot of clients on statin drugs. Uh, your brain is made of cholesterol, so they end up. What happens is after a year, because it's pulling all their good as well as their bad, the statin drug, um, that they end up with depression. So and so a lot of times the doctors might not make that link, so then they end up on an antidepressant. So um, just be careful with medications and um, yeah. Um, here we go. Progesterone is a very safe hormone, so it can be synthesized from the fats of certain plants. Um, synthesized means it's natural. Um, you don't want a synthetic uh, progesterone. A synthetic is a chemical. So we use um, a cream, and it's uh, synthesized from the fats of the wild yam and the chase tree, and it helps your body turn into what you need. So yeah, for healthy hormones, increase your progesterone. It's involved with procreation, a baby's full development relies on progesterone, higher IQs, it's a mild diuretic, yeah, it helps you use fat for energy. Uh, it does a lot of amazing things here. Yep, so I'll keep going. It supports the thyroid and helps you burn fat for fuel, and it also increases your temperature and your metabolism. Um, so low progesterone is often mistaken for low thyroid. If a woman's temperature is low and she's tired all the time, 
Uh, no matter what she eats, it doesn't necessarily mean she has a low thyroid. It can mean low progesterone. And Dr. John Lee found that a lot of his clients on thyroid medication were actually misdiagnosed and, and were low progesterone. So it normalizes blood clotting. It's more common in women, blood clotting is more common in women with unopposed estrogen. So that's what you don't want is unopposed estrogen. You want that progesterone there to keep the balance. Um, strokes are higher in women with unopposed estrogen. Progesterone helps prevent strokes and blood clots. Progesterone normalizes zinc and copper, which I actually had um, high copper and low zinc, so I understand this. Um, and it was probably another reason why I got so interested in this. But um, yeah, if you're in that situation, it can affect your mood a lot. <laughs> so high copper, low zinc. So the, the copper pulls the zinc all the time. Um, Estrogen increases a protein in the blood that holds on to the copper. So it's estrogen dominance that I had, which was causing that. And um, you can easily test that too. So the copper in the blood prevents the zinc from being absorbed. A shift in copper and zinc will affect your neurotransmitters in the brain. So that's it help makes you feel a little more negative, fly off the handle, feel sad. So I don't think a lot of people with mental health maybe are making that link. They're ending up on yeah, so that's another huge subject is mood. Um, yeah. It's a really helpful hormone. It protects against breast fibroids, all those diseases, all those hormonal diseases. It protects against cancer, endometrial cancer, ovarian cancer. Um, yeah, bone health. Remember, estrogen is only bad when it is not in balance with progesterone. So we'll talk about the solutions now. If your body is making it enough of its own, is making too much estrogen, um, yeah, you might not be able to do anything about that, but you can avoid the xenoestrogens um, easily. And just by doing that, that'll help raise your progesterone. Um, yes, we're on a polluted planet, but there's still, we have a lot of control. Um, so this is an easy first step, detox your bathroom. So we've talked about a lot of this stuff that is the problem and you can easily convert to non-toxic there and overnight you've stopped a huge amount of exposures. You can do a detox um, or a cleanse. Um, one thing for sure, you can't be constipated because you're storing toxins. Um, so we need to be able to get rid of these xenoestrogens through our urine and our bowel movements. So if you're only going once, that's still considered um, that you're holding on to things and you're constipated. So I, this is the diet. It's a vegetarian diet. It's a plant-based diet. that's going to help you with your hormones and, and you know, the right amount of good fats. And you can have a tiny bit of meat in there, depending on what how severe it is. If you had a cancer, I would probably go vegetarian hundred percent, 80 to 90% salads and cooked veggies, 10 to 20% healthy organic meat. Limit dairy, as we said, that's quite estrogenic, actually. Um, so it might be hard because we do have habits with our food. But, um, yeah, it's not forever. Once you get back in balance, you can integrate some of your favorite foods that you might have had to take out um, once in a while. So it's not what you do all the time, 
um, that's going to get you. It's uh, yeah, it's what it, yeah, it's not what you do sometimes that's going to get you. Is what I want to say. If you want to have something that you perceive as a treat, um, occasionally once you're better, that's fine. So exercise is massive too. It helps you get the lymph going and, and helps you sweat out these toxins. So Philip Day says something amazing. Um, he um, is a researcher and I was so happy when he said that, um, yeah, run around. Not even, you don't even have to run around. As long as you can get a sweat up, for a little sweat up about 15 minutes a day. That reduces getting those talks. That they've proven that reduces uh, breast cancer by fifty percent. So if you just you know just sweat a little bit every day, that just helps get rid of toxins. So just simple things like these. Um, so suggested forms of exercise are Pilates, yoga, and walking, and also too your liver health is a major key. So obviously we can't go in depth about all these subjects, but. Um, so yeah, you need to, as long as you know what the focus is, um, you can start to research and even hop onto our program if you're interested. Um, so we need 90 nutrients a day to heal and repair and break down toxins. Um, yeah, so you need lots of fiber too to pull, pull all this stuff out of, out of the um, body and lots of antioxidants. Um, yep. I recommend starting with the natural progesterone cream. So that's immediately going to help raise your progesterone. Even if your estrogen is high, um, once you get that progesterone higher, you're starting to get some balance. Um, how do you increase your progesterone naturally? Uh, we have a green food super powder um, with spirulini and kale and all those cruciferous veggies in there. Broccoli sprout. Those are all the foods that... Um, detox these xenoestrogens. So the quickest thing you can do is um, get on a, a green powder that will help you detox. You can have a couple scoops twice a day and then you can fix up your diet. So it's not always about what you take mm. out of your diet, it's about what you add mm. to your life. So changing habits is huge. Um, yeah, so we have programs you can just hop on our website, but we have the Hormone Wise Nutrition and Detox Program, Diet and Lifestyle, Be Proactive, Detox Your Home, Use Nutritional Supplements to Help You, Whole Food, Plant Based Supplements, Good Fats like Flaxseed are going to be super helpful, Drink Plenty of the Right Water, so without chlorine and fluoride, Do Your Meditation, Exercise Regularly. Limit your bad fats, reduce your coffee and your alcohol. Um, so really, yeah, and then you can get, um, reduce your stress, lose weight, but you can really hone in with your specific herbs that help um, balance hormones. So I like this saying by Charlotte Gerson, know your enemy, which is toxicity and deficiencies. So you're going to need the nutrients and the right foods to help you break down the toxins, but you just got to start avoiding the toxins in the first place. Um, so that's Charlotte Gerson from the Gerson Clinic. So I don't have the video, but ask yourself these questions. What can I do right now to reduce my stress? So that's easy. You know, take three deep, slow breaths. Um, start to meditate. Uh, read five minutes out of a positive book. What can I do right now to help my hormones? 
Uh, am I doing enough in my daily routine to avoid these xenoestrogens? Am I having enough nutrition in my diet to help me detox xenoestrogens? So it's Good Guts, a nutritionist perspective. Um, so welcome to today. And I'll be telling you a little bit about my story, um, which includes my son, Drew, who's now 23, soon to be 24, and really very healthy. So, but he had quite a, a difficult start. He was born at 25 weeks um, and had a lot of digestive problems and surgeries and gut health problems. So that's how we ended up getting into nutrition. Um, so, um, we talk about getting what you need and the 90 nutrient story. So you've been hearing this, um, over and over if you've been watching the four days. So hopefully you really have the recipe for the 90 nutrients. Um, and then what's going on is depleted soils and toxicity. Um, how I use supplements to help me get better because, um, having a sick child, I actually ended up with, um, chronic tiredness and diagnosed with depression from my GP, but, um, wow. yeah, so I use supplements, whole food supplements to get my energy back and start to feel better. So they definitely have a place there. Um, and that, uh, four simple steps to achieve good guts, um, where you might like to go with your gut health. Um, I talk a little bit about because I hold this seminar I do at my clinic, so I'll talk about consults and testing and things like that. But we'll, we might skip through that pretty quick. Um, one of my closest friends and colleagues, Jackie, is usually at this. This is normally a live seminar, um, but I'll tell you a little bit about her story. She's in the slides. Um, she normally gets up and does a testimony for me um, on her journey. Her children had um, severe asthma and she completely reversed it working side by side with her family's doctor and these gut health principles. Um, and I do, don't have the gut health video, but we watched that yesterday. Is that, um, so I always say you're here for a reason. You or someone you love might have a gut health issue <clears throat> or you're really smart and you realize that all disease begins in the gut. Um, so that was said by Hippocrates many, many years ago. And as a nutritionist and naturopaths and anybody in the health and wellness field, um, that's where we usually start. That's where we always start is gut health. So here we go. So Drew's actually quite an old man in this photo. He's um, probably at least oh, six weeks old. Um, so he's had his um, breathing mechanism out. He's not intubated anymore. And he just has his gavage too. So, um, Yes, uh, he was born with his eyes still fuchsia. It took about three days for his eyes to open. Um, yeah, cute little thing, but very tiny, only about eight, 10 grams. And they said they only had the technology to save him for a year. Um, that's how little he was, that they weren't able to save them when they were born that premature. <clears throat> so we were lucky and we're very blessed and grateful every day that we have Drew. Well, so what happened was he was doing really good, but he got a thing called necrotizing enterocolitis where they get holes all through their digestive tract because they're not meant to be um, receiving food until um, babies don't get their sucking reflux till they're 32 weeks old, but they have to feed them. So a high percentage of these really tiny premature babies do get necrotizing enterocolitis and he got it. 
And he was a pretty tough little thing. They, when they told Justin and I, they said, he's not too bad. We're just going to go out and take the piece out that, um, you know, has ruptured and sew him back up and he'll be fine. Because he wasn't really showing temperature or signs of distress. But when they got in there, his whole large intestine had just holes all through it. So they basically told us they took all his large intestine out and some of his small and gave him an ileostomy bag. So he, we didn't change nappies, we changed ileostomy bags and he came home to us on the hundredth day. And it was quite a journey for the first four years of his life, especially when we introduced food. When he was breastfed, he was fine. But as soon as we, I wasn't really, you know, I thought I had a healthy diet, but it wasn't working for a child with digestive problems like Drew. Um, he was, had a lot of his symptoms were bloating and distension and pain and they would when that would happen he'd end up back in the hospital he'd stay for about three days they wouldn't feed him and they'd end up going in and having a look to see what was going on because there's always a risk of blockage and stuff so that happened about to us about three times until the surgeon finally awesome man amazing person saved drew many times and we're so grateful to him but he took us aside on the last surgery and he we had been really getting into nutrition and seeing naturopaths and helping Drew. And Drew was about four or five years old. And um, he just said, look, you keep saying you think while Drew's waiting, being operated on, he came out to speak to us. You keep saying you think food helps him if you don't feed him certain foods. And you notice he's like, all we have to offer him is a permanent bag. So that meant it could never be reversed again. Um, but if you want me to sew him back up and you guys give it a go and take him home and really figure it out, um, yeah, I suggest that you two search the end of the planet and help your son if you can. So, so we were so excited, Justin and I, to have a doctor tell us, okay, yep, we don't want him to have a permanent bag. Let's, we'll give it a try and we'll take it really seriously. So that's what we did. And he, he went, only went back once. He's 24. He's never been back to the hospital if we control his health symptoms with diet, um, oh, wow. we're okay. Yeah. And supplements. He's been back once, but he's 24 and he doesn't always do the right thing. Mm. So if he's eating high inflammatory foods, highly processed foods, lots mm. of sugar, all the things that will get all of us eventually mm. anyway. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so he's just on a super clean diet, really healthy, low inflammatory. He does amazing. So, yeah, I've had the uh, pleasure of meeting him on my trip to Australia this time. And I must say he looks very healthy, healthier than most of the people, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And with Drew, oh, yeah, it's, been, it's just been amazing, really. Mm. And he's, he helped me realize how important the whole food supplements mm. were because they're pre-digested and like things like aloe juice and noni juice and liquid minerals mm. and uh, the green powders and bovine colostrum was very good for him. Mm. Um, just easy. So they really gave him that boost. So I guess you can start, you know, um, anytime and start to get the good stuff in and heal the body. So that's exciting. But there's Drew in the green hat and Jake's, um, his brother and Sammy and me and Justin. And that's in my home back in Vermont in America. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I have a little video. Um, I have two little videos. So this just saves me some talking and it's really great information in here about how we um, can, with the gut and how it's a TED talk. So it's short, it's only a couple minutes, but about um, 
you know, we've got to create an environment in the digestive tract where we stop. So uh, we want to create an environment that the bad bacteria don't like to be in. So they actually move out and the good guys take over. So it's a crowding out situation where the right foods feed the good bacteria. And I think they explain it very well in here. So let me go back and put that on for you guys. Lovely. Trillions of bacteria, viruses, and fungi live on or inside of us, and maintaining a good, balanced relationship with them is to our advantage. Together, they form the gut microbiome, a rich ecosystem that performs a variety of functions in our bodies. The bacteria in our guts can break down food the body can't digest, produce important nutrients, regulate the immune system, and protect against harmful germs. We don't yet have the blueprint for exactly which good bacteria a robust gut needs, but we do know that it's important for a healthy microbiome to have a variety of bacterial species. Many factors affect our microbiomes, including our environment, medications like antibiotics, and even whether we were delivered by C-section or not. Diet, too, is emerging as one of the leading influences on the health of our guts. And while we can't control all these factors, we can manipulate the balance of our microbes by paying attention to what we eat. Dietary fiber from foods like fruits, vegetables, nuts, legumes, and whole grains is the best fuel for gut bacteria. When bacteria digest fiber, they produce short-chain fatty acids that nourish the gut barrier, improve immune function, and can help prevent inflammation, which reduces the risk of cancer. And the more fiber you ingest, the more fiber-digesting bacteria colonize your gut. In a recent study, scientists exchanged the regular high-fiber diets of a group of rural South Africans with the high-fat, meat-heavy diets of a group of African Americans. After just two weeks on the high-fat, low-fiber, Western-style diet, the rural African group showed increased inflammation of the colon, as well as a decrease of butyrate. That's a short-chain fatty acid thought to lower risk of colon cancer. Meanwhile, the group that switched to a high-fiber, low-fat diet had the opposite result. So what goes wrong with our gut bacteria when we eat low-fiber processed foods? Lower fiber means less fuel for the gut bacteria, essentially starving them until they die off. This results in less diversity and hungry bacteria. In fact, some can even start to feed on the mucus lining. We also know that specific foods can affect gut bacteria. In one recent microbiome study, scientists found that fruits, vegetables, tea, coffee, red wine, and dark chocolate were correlated with increased bacterial diversity. These foods contain polyphenols, which are naturally occurring antioxidant compounds. On the other hand, Foods high in dairy fat, like whole milk, and sugar-sweetened sodas were correlated with decreased diversity. How food is prepared also matters. Minimally processed, fresh foods generally have more fiber and provide better fuel. So lightly steamed, sautéed, or raw vegetables are typically more beneficial than fried dishes. There are also ways of preparing food that can actually introduce good bacteria, also known as probiotics, into your gut. 
Fermented foods are teeming with helpful probiotic bacteria like lactobacillus and bifidobacteria. Originally used as a way of preserving foods before the invention of refrigeration, fermentation remains a traditional practice all over the world. Foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, tempeh, and kombucha provide variety and vitality to our diets. Yogurt is another fermented food that can introduce helpful bacteria into our guts. That doesn't necessarily mean that all yogurt is good for us, though. Brands with too much sugar and not enough bacteria may not actually help. These are just general guidelines. More research is needed before we fully understand exactly how any of these foods interact with our microbiomes. We see positive correlations, but the insides of our guts are difficult places to make direct observations. For instance, we don't currently know whether these foods are directly responsible for the changes in diversity or if something more complicated is happening. While we're only beginning to explore the vast wilderness inside our guts, we already have a glimpse of how crucial our microbiomes are for digestive health. The great news is we have the power to fire up the bacteria in our bellies, fill up on fibers, fresh and fermented foods, and you can trust your gut to keep you going strong. Yeah, so that's a good little video, isn't it? You like that, Pramit? You there, Pramit? I am here. That was great. Very, very informative <laughs> video. And, and I like the fact that it says, um, I mean, at the end of it, I guess this is where your personalized consultations come in because it would matter from person to person, right? What and how much of uh, uh, fermented foods they would need. Yeah, I know. So that's the thing. Gut health is very simple, but it is very complicated too, because um, some of these fermented foods, you just, my clients can't have. It depends on their condition and mm. some clients. So then we, we start with the soup. So it's a combination of, like they said, how um, the different foods, the raw, the cooked, the cultured, um, and the testing that we do with clinical labs you can actually see if they're low in those short chain fatty acids. So wow, amazing! Uh, yeah, that's um, important. So you can see um, that if they're low in the short chain fatty acids, like they said, at each the, the bacteria start living off your gut lining. Mm. So then you're in trouble because you're um, more susceptible to the condition leaky gut. Wow. So, which we test for that too. That's usually what I test for right away, just to get um, an indication of how bad their, their um, gut health is for them. Mm. And then if they know, okay, look, it's really bad. And it's, the tests aren't too expensive. So, um, but yeah, by all means, depending on what's going on in your gut, whether those um, high bacteria foods can still feed bad bacteria as well. So that then those people get a reaction, they might be itchy, they get headaches. So, so initially, until you get things under control, it's not always gonna be um, that those healthy foods make you feel better. Mm. Yes, and that's why I firmly believe don't self-medicate and don't become your own nutritionist. Go through someone who's got more experience than you. Over to you, Maria. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we've talked a lot about this in the last three days. Um, I try to keep this with my 555 diet is how you can do that. You can get your 60 minerals, your 16 vitamins, your essential fatty acids, your amino acids, your right amount of protein, antioxidants, 
uh, as long as you're, and you're going to be feeding the good bacteria with crazy amount of diversity because that's what we're looking for um, to feed them and have a huge diversity. You need diversity of plants, um, lots of different plants. So that's why we have five veggies in the morning, five at lunch and five at dinner. If you can do that and they're mostly organic, then you should easily and effortlessly achieve that recipe right there. So it's pretty exciting. Um, if they're not organic, um, you're probably going to struggle because the, the minerals are lacking in the soil. So this is really important that you're feeding yourself well, but you are what you absorb, not what you eat. So, and your bacteria actually, like they said in the video, are able to break down your foods and create vitamins for you. So like B, B vitamins. So um, we have to feed them well and they like plants and the foods that they mentioned, um, fermented foods, uh, some grains, um, lots of fiber though, mostly fiber. Um, this is the thing, minerally deficient soils lead to minerally deficient plants. So it is gonna be hard to get your 90 nutrients um, on minerally de deficient plants. Minerally deficient plants lead to a minerally deficient you. So um, we've gotta be super careful there. We need 60 minerals a day. They're the spark plug of life. Um, it's like taking the spark plug out of the car, nothing else works, just that one simple thing. So you can't even break down vitamins without minerals. So when I was a kid growing up, that's all we heard about was vitamins. Um, but now we know it's the minerals that actually make everything happen. So, wow. yeah, and we talked yesterday about the inorganic and metallic minerals for me that we can't even absorb. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, so we want colloidal minerals. Correct. So yes. Yes. Yeah. So plant. What's the difference in colloidal and uh, chelate? Chelated are usually a metallic mineral with wrapped in an amino acid, I believe. So. Okay. So different. Okay. Yeah. So you still can use those, just they're not as bioavailable to us. So they're in right. a lot of mainstream vitamins. Yeah. So the nourishment in the food today is lacking. Um, the two problems we talked about is lacking minerals and then it has the pesticides that make you have to deal with those. This is interesting though that cultures who've always had high levels of organic minerals in their diet have little or no disease. So this is a big link to the increase in disease on the planet wow. today. So all those diseases, um, and that's a reference from Bill Anton. So heart disease, birth defects, hyperactivity, learning disabilities, all of these, arthritis. Um, and I, that's what I hear a lot of. Um, I, I have a good diet, but um, if you know this stuff and you're not addressing it, even if it doesn't matter if you're eating an amazing diet, it potentially still needs to be topped up with supplements because the food might not have what you need in it. Mm. Um, so people always say, oh, no, 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 I get everything from my food. So I'm just trying to help people see that this is the truth here, what's going on with the soils. And it, mm. you can look into like what the CSIRO is saying about the soils. America has tested those soils. So there's documents on the problems with soils. And um, yeah, so like I said, we have to know what's going on. I say that every day. <laughs> and then we can fix it. Yes, I mean, you just have to see um, bananas that come into the market are raw. So obviously, wherever they're coming from, they're being picked. Green. Yeah. 
so that's right. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, most uh, fruits and vegetables pick up their minerals at the end, I believe. Um, so those bananas are lacking in minerals. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, this theory worked in my nutrition course. He said he would like to use just food. That would be his dream is to heal people with just food, but it's mm. just not possible mm. in the way things are going right now. Maybe a hundred years ago you could. Um, he said this worked when the soils were not over farmed and did not have all the chemical sprays and food was closer to nature and certainly not all the processed and refined foods. So it was nice that I was at least taught how to do it with just food. Um, and then um, adding the whole food supplements he felt was, and this was why, um, do you know how much nourishment is lost in harvesting? Oh, wow. Look at that. Superb. Yeah. Don't we love our stats and percentages? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so lots of nutrition lost in just the storage of our food and cooking and freezing, canning. So yeah. If you can try and do like the 80-20 rule of, you know, I think um, mostly raw is going to do you a huge favor. And then the 20%, you can almost get away with whatever you want of this out of this list. If you're having some pasteurized and pasteurized, refined, canned, I mean, it's going to be probably okay. And that's the more acidic foods too. So you're dealing with the alkaline acid. So if I may just, can, can we, is it possible to go back or is it too hard? Sure. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. So early harvesting, so minus 25% there. Transporting, mm -hmm. minus 25%. So you're left with 50% now. Storage, <laughs> there you go. So actually the fruit and the vegetables and the food you're eating and buying is essentially at minus. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it could potentially end up that way. That's yeah, right. so you're having the calories, but you're not really having the nutrition and the mineral no wonders that makes a lot of sense okay yeah. you're getting your macronutrients but yeah you're probably missing yeah. a lot on your micronutrients so you're yeah. going to get your proteins and your fats and everything but um yeah your vitamins and minerals are mm. being damaged and your good bacteria and pasteurization and freezing so, yeah. and canning yeah we think freezing is uh good but actually i didn't realize it up to 83%. Oh my God, that's massive. Yeah, they do say, like, there is some controversy here. So, you know, um, you'll do have to do your own research because they do say you hear other versions of what freezing does to food as far as fruit and stuff. So, um, but yeah, this is from the, the source that I've used, um, which I mm. can get you that source um, if you'd like to look into it more. Yeah, would love that. Thank you. You bet. And just, you know, like we talked about, I don't like supplementing in isolation unless I can see a deficiency um, in testing or symptoms. So these are the symptoms from Cal. I'd rather, you know, if you feel like you're low in, if you want to make sure your calcium and your bones are strong, that you're doing as much as you can with food, you're not just taking calcium. Um, but if, if you're low in calcium, these are some of the things that put you at risk of. And a lot of people, I'm still surprised, say to me um, when I'm saying that dairy is not a good option. Well, that's not very bioavailable to us, the, the calcium in cow's milk, um, especially if it's pasteurized. So you're going to be way better off. Again, plants is where you pick up your calcium and nuts and seeds and things. 
So that I still find shocks people. So that's where you want to be reaching for your almonds, your Brazil nuts, um, lots of like kale and spinach and things like that, celery for calcium, rather than just relying on a couple of glasses of milk, which actually I find is more acidifying and takes more minerals to digest than it actually gives you. So um, it's confusing. Some of these healthy foods are tricky for people, but that's, that's what I've been taught and that's what I believe. Um, so you're looking at arthritis, painful tendons, achy joints, cramps, and I've seen this over and over again. You just put people on a mixture of calcium, magnesium, and those cramps go away. Um, high blood pressure, hormonal problems, magnesium for women, that's, that's where I would isolate a mineral and give them lots of it for a short term. Um, kidney stones, all these things, insomnia, and then we've got magnesium, that's a big one for everybody. Um, it's the ones that we use a lot of, isn't it? The calcium, the magnesium. Um, so yeah, mm. you can help. Yeah, if you're having the symptom of any of this stuff, constipation, heart problems, yeah, you wanna be finding out what your magnesium levels are. Chromium, chromium and vanadium is an interesting one. Um, so if you're tired, so I was definitely lacking in both of these. Dizziness, I had a bit of that as well. I think I had all of these. <laughs> no, some of them I didn't. Uh, copper, but I was very low in minerals when I was at my worst because I had the chronic fatigue and the depression. So, um, well, I was uh, circumstantially depressed because I had a sick child, apparently. But yeah, it was affecting me. The stress was really affecting me. Um, copper, premature graying of hair, anemia, wrinkles, saggy skin. And then that's interesting too, because if you have high copper, elemental copper, that's a problem as well. So you can have low copper and high copper at the same time almost. Um, I get everything I need from my diet. So we talked about that. And I don't believe supplements are the answer. I believe they're part of the answer and a tool that you can use. So like I said, I was too tired and frustrated to be, uh, and my attitude towards cooking and stuff was a lot different back then. Um, so it was, I was really blessed that I had, um, a health coach that tapped me into some whole food supplements that gave me my B vitamins, my essential fatty acids, all the minerals I needed, showed me how to alkalize myself with a green powder. So within, you know, a month or so, I was really starting to feel a lot better. And I was learning a lot at the same time and fixing up the diet while I was healing myself. So. Um, a lot of people don't like to take supplements. I think of them as medications, but if you're on whole food supplements, I think that they're amazing. And they, yeah, I use them as a tool every day. So energy levels like depression and chronic tiredness or chronic fatigue or autoimmune um, and so many more reasons to get the nutrients into you no matter how you have to do it. So in my opinion, you'll not get the major breakthrough you're looking for until you address two areas. So um, toxicity, getting all the toxins out of the home and the food and then addressing your deficiencies. Now we went through these the other day, so I won't go through them, but it's just saying there's pictures showing how back in the 1920s and the forties, we didn't have to deal with the, the toxins and the lack of nutrition in our food that we did back then. So nutrition was high, toxins were low. And then that changed. They're about even there um, in the 1950s to the 70s. And then today it's super low nutrition because of 
the farming methods and the, the choices of food, the highly processed food with the long shelf life and everything's in a box nowadays. Um, and then uh, the toxins that we're dealing with. So because of the depleted soils and toxicity, this is the disease problem that you're facing. Um, cancer, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, osteoporosis, and Alzheimer's. So it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. You, you can just start at home and fix your gut health. Um, so I did have a little video on vitamin C and um, that's a link there. So how much vitamin C helps your immune system. So that is one supplement you can take every day if you want, because it's uh, the body doesn't store it for very long and it's water soluble. Um, I might just keep going because we've only got a couple minutes left, but that is a link between gut health and mental health, which um, if you have poor gut health, it definitely affects your mood. It makes you feel sad. And um, this, is, this is one way to really help your gut health for me. You try and avoid the dirty dozen because it's full mm -hmm. of pesticides that kill your bacteria and focus on the clean 15. So you don't have to avoid those foods, you just try and buy them organic. Nice. Yeah, so that's, um, you can take it shopping with you, but it's just a good place to start. Um, yep, so it's quite all right to, apparently not spraying asparagus, avocado, cabbage. My God, potatoes. The English and the Swedes are gonna roll in their graves. <laughs> no, they just need to start uh, growing them more organic. Right. <laughs> uh, well, because I met a, a Idaho farmer. He was over here, and his family owned a big farm in Idaho, in America. And he said they won't eat their own potatoes. No, no, no. He said we grow potatoes out in oh, the wow. back. He said no. We have chemicals that if the if the market's down and the potatoes aren't selling, we just spray them. We go out and spray and they lay dormant. And then when the price goes back up, we go and spray again and our potatoes are ready and we can sell them at a better price. And he's like, yeah, we don't eat our own potatoes. So I've heard it from the farmer's mouth about that one. So, yeah, this is, uh, with the products that you're using at home, just be careful. Toothpaste has a lot of fluoride in it. Um, so you want fluorine from plants. Fluoride is the toxic version of that mineral. Um, fluorine you get from bananas um, and other foods. But um, yeah, the synthetic version of fluorine is very damaging to, um, to your gut health. And I believe it's linked with um, bone cancer as well. And you should look into it. Um, Philip Day is a great source for that. Uh, if you're keen to know more about that, just Google Philip Day. Mm. So yeah, this is the natural mineral drink. Um, this is what I'm using and I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Just shake it up 10 or 20 mils twice a day and it has the complete profile of your 60 minerals. Um, some of the minerals you use a lot more of like magnesium and zinc and iron and things you, you would still need to have some more, but the basics are all in there. So that's good. At least, you know, I've done my minerals today. Yeah. I mean, I was heading for a head cold and I just thought I'll try this. This is when I bought the product from you and came back to India. 
And it usually happens when I fly down, I usually get like a cold for a day or two. So I thought, let me use this. And I used it. And next day, I was feeling much better. Like the cold oh, has actually yeah. vanished. So it happens to me. I've done it so many times. Right. Exactly like you say. Yeah. You, you can take more of that for me if you feel something coming on because mm -hmm. the body uses more minerals when it's wow. sick. I'm just, I, I'm just a bit afraid to take lots because I don't know when I'm going to get this product again. Of course. <laughs> things are. Yeah, but it is a food. It doesn't have to be dose, really. Like food, a, a multivitamin. Yeah. You can't take, you have to take the dose because they're... Um, uh-huh, right. Yeah, so this, yes. this is a food, really. So right, you can right, okay. go by how you're feeling to how much you want. Right, right. Um, so, you know, in, in farming, the farming industry, they just leave the mineral lick out for the animals. They know how much they need. So if we can get mm. in touch with that. And, and little kids are very good at that. They tap on the fridge and want their minerals. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, we used to call it mama's mud in our house and the kids absolutely loved it. And wow, um, it helped when they were sick. It would actually bring down fever. I would give them about five mils every hour. And the poor things were better the next day and had to get back at school. <laughs> five mils every hour. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's so some that's dedication food. on your behalf. Yeah. Well, you just put it and they absorb it under their tongue and it just really helped them fight whatever they were dealing with. So it was a great mother's little helper for sure. Wow. Um, having it in the house and having that as a tool. Um, so, so we're, you would have to consume twice as much food to get the same nutritional value. We talked about that as your, your parents and grandparents. Mm. So we are lucky to have this, something like this that we can use and four steps to achieve gut health. So make sure you're getting your 90 nutrients every day, like we talked about and a combination of really healthy food and whole food supplements to do that. And also to make sure you're absorbing them, which is I've got step three. Uh, step two, be protective of your gut. So friends of the gut and enemies of the gut. So in my Good Guts ebook, I have lists of these. Um, but you want to actually be thinking like that. Um, you know, have I had enough good clean water that doesn't have lots of fluoride and chlorine in it today? Because the water actually helps you build the lining of your stomach as well. Um, hopefully not too much food, um, plant food that has been heavily sprayed with pesticides, thinking like that. Um, friends of the gut would be getting outside and earthing and being in nature, um, chewing your food really well, that's on the list. So many of my clients are, uh, when I've talked to the lab with clinical labs, they just say, these people aren't chewing their food. Mm. So, like, wow, yeah. okay. Yep. So like you said, um, digestion begins in the eyes. Mm. Yeah. So slowing down and getting the brain, getting the saliva going, but really chewing is a friend of the gut. So uh, things like um, antiparasitic foods, like lots of onions and garlic, if you don't have a condition like SIBO, because that could irritate mm. that, that small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Other than that, it, uh, and you do if you can tolerate it, you can use the, the garlic to help that condition as well. But it does irritate people um, when they have a gut infection. Um, mm. So I love the quote, if we, if we don't take care of our bodies, where are we going to live? <laughs> so, you know, we really do want to focus on the things that are hurting our gut and the things that we can do that are really helping our, our tummy. So 
um, even if you're not having any gut health symptoms at all, uh, because we, like a, um, it's linked, and I'll show you some pictures how it's linked with all disease. Um, so I've got step three, you are what you absorb. So you might need some help. So low hydrochloric acid is one of the main mm. reasons for reflux and for infections like parasites. So if you have optimal gut fire, um, those bad bacteria should be killed by your hydrochloric acid anyways. Um, and so I, we see a lot of parasites in the testing. Um, so yeah, um, parasites and bacteria. Wow. Yep. So, so I always say symptoms are your friends. Like I had some symptoms that um, made me stand up and pay attention and totally change everything <laughs> for the better. Um, yeah, I'm still not perfect. Um, but I'm thinking 80% of the time I'm following all these rules that I'm teaching. And I know my body pretty well now. So if I go too far off the diet or um, I'm too stressed or not exercising or doing, not being in nature enough, I, I just get myself back on track. So, so I can feel good and have energy and be happy. Um, so leaky gut affects the whole body. So the, here's a picture that you can really see when um, you hear um, your gut health is the precursor to all disease. Mm -hmm. So you've got skin. If anybody's presenting with any of those, they probably have leaky gut and some sort of infection and they're probably lacking minerals, mainly zinc, I would say, with acne. Mm -hmm. Sinus problems, I have terrible sinus and always sinusitis and um, I think that was parasites, so if you know people that are constantly having sinus problems, it's usually linked with the gut health problem. Obviously food sensitivities and things, um, but depression, anxiety, all your thyroids, all your autoimmune disease is linked with leaky gut and heavy metals and things. Um, so obviously gut health symptoms like constipation are directly very easy to tag that gut health. Um, but things like adrenal fatigue, and pain is a massive one that people aren't making that connection. So I like that visual, that's pretty helpful. Now, yeah, gut health, common, gut health problems are common, um, but just because something's common doesn't mean it's okay. And it's totally, um, doesn't have to be that way. So basically, yeah, people get a little overwhelmed. I think people do well with coaches. I know if I didn't have a coach, um, yeah, I was really supported through at the beginning. Uh, I was probably on the phone with her once a day for a while. <laughs> and then I grew up and look, now it's my job and she doesn't need to help me anymore. But yeah, I think going it alone, it's a bit tough. So that's what higher health is for. And we, we have coaches at the clinic as well. Um, going it alone is like finding your way through a maze in the dark. You'll eventually get there, but it will take you longer than seeking help. So. I've gone it alone a lot as well because I've taken it to the next level and studied lots, but um, I did have an amazing coach. So I told you a little bit about Jackie. So she usually comes up and does her testimony on her kids. Um, but yeah, within a year, they're on the highest um, medication for asthma um, that you could be on and had, you know, lots of trouble and, um, lived in a lot of fear and stuff. So it's her story. I'd love to have her here, but she's not here, but she's amazing. She's a nurse. She's actually now an, a health coach 
with higher help as well um, as her own business, Complete Help for Life. And she and her doctor together, uh, those kids were completely off their medicine and completely, which she said as a nurse, she's never seen that. She had worked with asthma um, all her career and she'd never seen anybody get better like that. That's, so it's pretty amazing. Um, and now it's her job to help people. So it's all got health related and getting rid of those toxins. The topic is I am. That's one of the subjects. And I am stands for intend, act, manifest. There's a big difference in being confident and working from a space of ego. It took me a long time to understand that. And once I understood all the garbled meanings and definitions of ego, some teachers obviously make it sound very passionate. And we get lost in the whole philosophy and the tune of what some things mean. So we intellect things, we don't literally feel it or experience it. And this is where I find the challenge or the problem lies in seekers like myself and like you. Because when we seek, we get hypnotized with words, with people's experiences, and then we kind of go round and round trying to wonder as to why we don't sense or feel what they are talking about. As I have shared in my previous chats or discussions or lectures, whatever you would like to call it, that we start living other people's dreams and other people's lives. And I believe firmly that philosophy is one of the biggest jokes or the biggest con words around because it gives you hope but then you don't experience it yourself and that causes a problem now just to correct myself the problem is not with the philosophy it's with how we are trained to absorb the philosophy so we spend most of our time in our lives learning how to unlearn and being slaves to our emotions imagine if we were taught how to handle our emotions in school. What a big difference it would make. No wonders we don't have so many athletes nowadays and no wonders we don't have world record breakers the way we used to. That's because our learning systems have become very mechanical, which serves a purpose for mathematics and science, but it doesn't serve a purpose for creativity. Just like Sweden, that country is handling the whole crisis that we're going through, or let me correct myself, the whole opportunity that we're going through in a very different manner to how we all are handling it. It makes me wonder and appreciate the fact that collective consciousness and positivity towards handling a certain situation still exists in certain communities and certain countries. Talking about I am, I am stands for many things, but it's more and more being used now for meditation and for the purposes of connection. What I am sharing with you is of the philosophy of I am, followed by a meditation technique that I have created and there are many other meditation techniques out there that talk about I am, the IAM. So feel free to go out there. Like I keep saying, there's so much information. 
Don't limit yourself to only this. Go within and at the same time go outward into the outverse. So I am stands for intend, act, manifest. The word act can also mean visualization, not only action and hard work. Intention is the start and the focus of intention is the key. The hunger, the passion, the emotion, they all make up the intention. In the intention, one must feel the emotion of the intention being manifested. So you live your life based on that, based on that frequency already being there. So living in abundance and not in lack. For example, not asking the question as to why am I not getting it, rather saying or asking when am I going to get it completely. Because when one is hungry, there is desire, there is need, there is want, there is a survival, and there is sharing and caring because you understand that when you want or need something or when you have an intention, you need the community. And hear what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a need. Having people around and a community around you is a need. And that is part of intention. Then comes action. Remember, I is for intention, A is for action. Where action also means repeating the intention and its emotions like a mantra every moment of your breath. If you can do it in every moment of your breath, you will be even more successful than me or more successful than the most successful people. Because once it becomes who you are and what you are doing, then it becomes you, you're living that. For example, every morning, every afternoon, every night, whenever I can, or whenever I can above and beyond that, I keep repeating, I am healthy, I am happy. I am healthy, I am happy. Then I repeat that or I replace that with saying, I want to be the best within myself so I can help people be happy and healthy. And moment I start to chant that, I feel a connection to you. And that connection makes me come up with these fantastic, fantastic discourses that I'm sharing with you. So when you live your intentions and the actions with the emotions, like a mantra, every moment of your breath, then there is manifestation, where you feel the intention and make your actions as if you already have it. Now, be careful. Don't be reckless and living a life you don't already have and getting trapped and the brain and its survival instinct to make things easy and let effort as possible. So when you make the least effort possible because you already believe you have it, that is the Maya and the illusion. It's a survival pattern. Once you live in that survival pattern, you're not able to create what you want. Rather, you are in the stress or fight and flight mode. When you start to feel and manifest what you want to be, and you work in that frequency, you go beyond just being stuck where you are with your thoughts, with the slavery of your thoughts, if I may say so, with the slavery of the body, because remember the physical body 
can also become a trap. So it's important to find that balance. For example, the first time when I heard about I am, I started living as if I already had a lot of money. So I started spending that money before even having it. And that to me became a trap. So in short, you intend, act, manifest. You try and understand that money is energy. And it's only once you get it, you give it, you get it, you give it, can you do the transfer of energy. It's not that you first transfer, you empty out yourself and then the funds will come. No, it's about creating that balance, understanding the laws of nature, understanding money is energy. It's like if you didn't have money, you would use the barter system. So intend, act, manifest. Intend means intend what you want, your wishes. Action means act as if you are going to get it with an action plan and stay in the frequency of, wow, I already have it, but I am going to follow the process. And manifestation means already feeling it coming into you. So working your action plan based on those sensations. Now, some of you may ask me, why lie to yourself? Why lie that because you don't have it, you can still act it? Well, that's a valid question. Let me put it the other way. You're lying to yourself anyway. What if you lived in abundance or in the emotions of abundance? And then you ask for what you want. It's pretty much the same thing. The only difference is that you're changing the frequency and then asking for what you want. How does that sit with you? Now we will move on to repair, perform, enhance. A very, very important part of how and what we should be doing at this point, where we are in terms of this opportunity of the lockdown, where we are having our own space in the house. I know some people live in crowded homes, but just imagine if you're able to see yourself through this part or this time, you will be able to see yourself through anything. And while everybody else is sleeping, Take the opportunity of digging in deep and getting yourself ready for what is to come. Meditate, massage, and move. Yoga does not require too much space. So at a time like this, it's an ideal, ideal exercise or movement pattern to do because all you need is a mat. And I'm sure everyone has space as big as a mat. If not, use your bed and do what you can in bed. Now let's talk about repair, perform, enhance. We all want to be the best within ourselves. Each one of us try the hardest that we can. We try the hardest that we can, but we have limitations and we work within that. Now that in itself, I honor. I honor each one of you because you are trying the best that you can. Now let's look at how to get exactly what you want, not by being in conflict or feeling disappointed that you've tried your best and it hasn't happened. So let's look at how society wants us to perform these days. It's all about trying your best, giving you 100%. 
your motivation lectures and stories are all about trying 100% or trying 120% now. That's the new goal. I say don't. And do you know why? Because if you look at international athletes, they only perform at 100% sometimes during competition. Before that, they know how to master their training patterns. So they will work within 40 to 60% for the whole year. They'll touch 80% at certain times during competition. And that 80 to 20% is reserved. And the top athletes know how to work with that. And that's the exact formula I'm going to share with you. To enhance, you must perform. To perform, you must repair. For example, for you to be able to perform or for you to be able to enhance, you need to be repaired and you need to be relaxed. Just like in karate, they say when you punch, if you're tight, your punch will come out slow. But if you lose, then your punch comes out with more power, more speed and less effort. In the same manner, learn how to understand your body and your mind and stay in compartments or within your limitations. For example, when we run the Repair, Perform, Enhance Retreat, the first day we do all contractions in our yoga poses only up to 30%, maximum 30%. On the second day, this is for our three-day retreats, we perform at 50 to 60%. So we try and understand our performance protocols and our boundaries. When it comes to enhance, that's on the third day, we go up to a maximum of 80%. And in that enhance, I ask each student to decide certain times on when they can hit up to 100%. The results we have found have been just magnificent because not only does it help the pose, but it also helps reduce the stress you're putting on your body. We live our daily stresses, we are running around, we forget to pause and listen to our inner voice. We are all trying to run in enhanced mode when we are not even trained to perform or repair. We get burnt out, exhausted and sick, spend money on recovering, lose efficiency at work and lose valuable time from sickness, suffering and feeling low, Though it has its place sometimes to feel low, there's nothing wrong with it, but this can be avoided because this can be achieved in a controlled environment in the way of a pre-sick leave where one can spend time introspecting, resting and healing the body. Remember, sicknesses are not a sign of weakness. Sicknesses is your body talking to you asking you to take note. So I ask you, what's the point of working hard only to fall sick? Are we not working for health and happiness? All animals rest more than they work. Trees don't move and they live the most. The information you find on exercises and movements is based on balancing the negatives of eating inflammatory foods and living our overstimulated brains from technology. This only provides band aid solutions. 
with more questions than answers. In here lies a challenge, a challenge for you to take head on and to commit your discipline and consistency to implement the I am plan for which remember the three things, eat well, move well and sleep well. They form the base of being healthy and happy. Now, how do we repair? Repair happens when first of all, you switch off from here. For example, let's say there's a situation where there's a stress factor. You're stressed. That's fine. But what are you going to do about the stress? How are you building your relationship with the stress? Is the stress becoming you or is the stress just an emotion like every other emotion? Remember what we spoke about in the previous text, which is don't become the emotion. Be aware of all your emotions, but don't become them. So learn to switch on when you need to and switch off when you don't need it. How do we do that? Sit and meditate. Do your practice. Do your sadhana and find your answers within and outwards. To repair, you must be relaxed. You must feel the sense of relaxation. For example, it's like coming for one of our retreats, leaving the retreat and going back to doing exactly what you did before you came for the retreat. I ask you in this example, what have you changed? Nothing. Rather, I would rather you take back the space, the retreat with you. Once you go home, create an altar, or a place somewhere where you can feel the retreat. You can feel the energy, the space that you have created. And then you become that. You make that part of your daily life. So when the stress comes, you create an action plan, you deal with it, and you remove yourself from the stress. Because anyway, the stress is not going to serve you. Like my mom always said, and this is one sentence I've always remembered, it's not the stress that kills you. It's the thought or the thinking of the stress over and over again that kills us. And that's one of the biggest reasons most people don't get sleep at night because it's really hot here, so excuse me. Because we keep thinking about the stress without thinking about the action plan. I'm gonna ask you to do a test. The next time you're not getting sleep, sit up, get a diary, and start writing. I say diary and not phone because the light of the phone and technology could keep you awake by taking the pineal gland into an awake state. Take a diary and write down your action plan for the stress. Counsel yourself and you'll be amazed at what you find. You will get to sleep in the next half an hour. And if you don't, give me a buzz, send me an email, give me a call, or actually send me a voice message so I can look at it when I wake up. And we can have a chat. I can share with you strategies on how you can improve your sleep. And you can find your own strategies by going through everything I've shared with you and you will find your answers. But if you want a quick fix, get in touch with me. So repair happens with the state of mind. You're gonna to have to train yourself. And when you train yourself, it's very simple. Think of the worst thing that you can that stresses you. Then move yourself away from that stress. 
and act in your head the action plan. Vice versa, think of a friend who is addressing a stressful situation. How you as a counselor, or as a third person, would help that friend. You might actually get your answers because we as human beings might not help ourselves, but we will help somebody else. And this is why collective consciousness and community and humanity has a great opportunity now to go where we are going. I just want you to think of something. In today's day where we are all stuck or where we are all sitting, we are in a high state of hope, high state of prayer. Can you imagine the vortex or the frequency we are all creating even without knowing it? We're creating a positive spiral, so positive that this is going to transform humanity. Now I'm not saying every human being is going to be transformed. That's not possible because we all live differently and that's fine. That's the beauty of being a community. Just because someone doesn't align with your thought process doesn't mean there are, they are any less or they are any more. It just means that we all have different personalities and together we create a team. So let's put our intentions in the right place. Let's create this vortex or this frequency of health and happiness for everyone and everything around us. Let's take this opportunity of where we are to repair the body, to slow things down, to eat less, to think less. And if the thought process has come too much, focus on the breath. Let the breathing and the thoughts align with each other. Once you repair yourself, you'll be able to perform. You'll be able to move into performance state. And in performance state, you move your activity from 30 to about 50 or 60%. Now, some of you may ask me, what is this 30 and 50%? That, my friends, you have to find out. You need to practice. In the same way you have practiced to be where you are, with chaos, with insecurity, with fear, practice it the other way. Make a conscious choice and do your meditations and plant it in the subconscious. Believe you me, it is the best journey you can do. For example, how would you feel when you found answers to your own problems? How proud would you feel? How happy would you feel? Not only that, what if you help somebody else to find their own answers? How would you feel? you would feel fantastic, wouldn't you? So I want you to bottle that emotion. And I want you to feel that emotion the next time you're thinking about something, even if it means you're lying to yourself. For example, you're anyway living a lie. So you might as well live a lie that suits you. So create the frequency that works for you. It's all in the detail. It's all in the detail up here on how you access or counsel yourself. Now let's look at another example. Excuse me. If someone comes and throws garbage on you, what are you going to do? You're either going to move away or you're either going to wipe the garbage off you or you're going to tell that person off or you'll do all three. In the same way, when someone's throwing all this rubbish news, all this hyperactive news, all this stuff that makes you feel negative, why then do you not switch it off? 
why then do you keep taking it in? Do you know the same toxins you put in your body? In the same way, news and over-information affects your brain. So be very careful of what information you take in. Remember, your skin is porous. So you can even take in the information of voice, of sound, of smell, of everything that happens around you. We are energetic beings and energy has no form. It is the form we give in terms of emotions and in terms of thoughts. It's really that simple. There are some great, great resources. Greg Borden, Dr. Joe Dispenza, many, many more teachers out there. There's a lot of information. Go research, go find your tribe, go find your vibe. What I have done is I've just tried to summarize all the information that is out there into just 21 days. So you can start to create the reality you want. Now, what is the answer for finding your solutions? I say again, meditation and practice. Move, journal, talk to yourself, look in the mirror, counsel yourself. Do what you need to do to spend time with yourself. Yes, there will be certain things you don't like about yourself. Address it. What is the biggest fear is the question I'm going to leave you with. What is the fear that rules you? What is the fear? Am I not good enough? Why me? I don't know what's going to happen. Talk to yourself. What is the fear? And then ask yourself the question. Do you feel nice living in this fear? Do you feel whole and complete living in this fear? Or would you like to change it? Now, the ones who say, I want to change it, you might actually say, I want to change it, but I'm scared. I don't know what it's going to change to. Well, ask yourself the question. What if you change to something you really like? And even if it is 1% better than where you are, isn't it worth it? And believe you me, once you create an intention, and be very careful, because once you create the intention, whatever you ask for will happen but you need to be aware of it from your conscious and the subconscious mind and the spiritual mind. And how do you get there? By meditating. It is really that simple. I've seen people take shortcuts, take fad diets, take fad books, information. They go around and around searching, searching, searching. They become great philosophers, great orators, but they're still empty. They're still empty because they have not felt They've only intellectualized what spirituality is. Spirituality is nothing but having the spirit, the spirit of being childlike, having the spirit of getting what you want without harming anyone, having the spirit of founding yourself or having a strong foundation and at the same time being able to live in a community. Imagine if you could do it. And if you're already doing it, then that's fantastic. And if you're not doing it, please do it because it'll make you feel so happy and it'll leave such a big load and pressure that you're carrying with you. And you'll suddenly feel alive again. You'll feel like a child jumping around. Your body will open up. The mind will be free and you'll be orgasmic throughout your life. Now, isn't that what we all want? Health, happiness. And let's add a bit of orgasms to that. A spiritual orgasm a mental orgasm, a physical orgasm, and 
any other orgasm that you want. Three very, very important points for us to go through. The first one is fear. Second one is stress. And the third one is single focus. Three very, very important points for us to go through. So let's look at fear. It's something that rules us every day. It's called different words and given different emotions in different countries, languages and perceptions. So the question is, what is fear? The definition as for the dictionary is an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain or harm. Now let's look at our triggers. Let's look at what are the emotions that cause us threat of danger, pain or harm. For example, I might lose my job. I might not be good enough for my relationship. I may be lonely. I won't have money. I don't know what will happen tomorrow. I don't want to eat wrong food as I may look unhealthy and so on and so forth. So let's look at how we can address these fears. What action we can take and do to reduce our fear factors. Let's look at one example, which is I might lose my job. So that's the fear, that's an emotion, that's a thought, however you want to call it. What's the action? The action plan is to first ask yourself the fear. Ask yourself the following questions and answer them as you go. So first question, why would I lose my job? You have your answer there. Follow that by saying, what do I need to do to keep my job? Then the next question, when should I take action? And another question, is it worth keeping my job? Once you find the answers to these questions, then you might be able to try and understand the fear and the trigger. In the same way, try and understand your fear and resolve it by self-talk. You may choose your own line of questions and answers to suit your being. For example, we have looked at one fear. Let's look at the others. Let's look at maybe um, I don't want to eat the wrong kinds of food. So let's try and understand what and why that fear rules you. I suggest you do is you make a list of questionnaires for each of your fears and you keep answering them as you go. By now, you know how to handle these situations because you've now come to day 14 of the 21 day program. If you've been diligent and you've taken the responsibility, you will know exactly how to go about doing this. Now, if you can't, that's okay. I'm here and through the process of the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th and the 21st day, the six days, we will be doing some meditation and we'll go through revision but try your best to go through the notes, if not today, on another day. Now let's look at stress. 
the biggest word today is stress or I am stressed and I can't cope. I feel overwhelmed. So what is stress? In my opinion, stress is nothing but unresolved fears and the inability to do it. The inability may come from not knowing how to do it or just not feeling the motivation to do it. Irrespective, stress never kills anyone. It's the thought of the stress and the inability to handle the specific situation, the fear, or the other emotions that keep coming and going, and you can have whatever name you want for it. What is the solution? Come on, let's hear your answer. You know how passionate and clear I am about practice, practice, practice. Practice either in meditation, in visualization, or practice it in the situation, if it allows you to. Which basically means, till you're not put to the test, you will never know how to respond to it. Remember the story of the monk who came down from the mountains to Big Bad Mumbai, and he saw this poor boy sleeping on the road. And then out of curiosity, he asked him how he handles all the noise. And the boy had a very simple answer. I just do it because I have no choice. So always remember, we get accustomed to the stress or the environment that we are in. If the environment changes like it has now, it takes us time to adapt to the stress. We will adapt to it irrespective. The question is if you want to adapt to it sooner or later. What I suggest is if you're going to do it anyway, you might as well do it sooner so you can live the whole process in health, happiness and with your choice. So you control it as much as possible. When I say control, I don't mean you control the situation. You can never control a situation. You can only control how you respond to the situation or how you react to the situation. Now, how do you respond? You respond when you eat well, move well, sleep well, and you're in the zone. How do you react when you're not in the zone? Really that simple. Now let's look at single focus. Single focus is very, very important. And especially now, I am sure some of you have had enough of this turmoil of conspiracy theories, media banging and slapping you, creating a mountain of a molehill, and at some point you're gonna crack. So I'm saying, don't crack. Because once you crack, it's gonna be really difficult to put the pieces back together. It's possible, but it'll be more effort than doing it now. So what we believe in, and when I say we, it's my team and myself, and you beautiful people who have been by me for the last two and a half, three years, and for the new ones coming in. We believe in simple thinking and single focus. Intending with an action plan assists in manifesting things quicker. It simply means you can't just sit and say, I want to have a lot of money and it's gonna to come to you. Yes, there will be opportunities that will come to you, but you need to be ready with your action plan because when the opportunity comes, either you will be in fear because you won't know how to handle it, or you'll just let the opportunity pass because you'll be burnt out. So looking at where we are now, 
use this opportunity of making your intentions, making an action plan and feeling the emotions of manifestation. Use this opportunity to heal and repair yourself. So when the time comes, you are ready for action. We also believe that too many advisors from many sources dilutes the manifestation process and adds to confusion and chaos. Hence the age old wisdom, a teacher guides you and no better teacher than you. The gurus come, gurus go, advisors come, advisors go. The only person that stands consistently is you. And that you is hidden under all these layers. The news, the media, the over-information, the fat loss tablets, the fat loss ideas, the keto diets, and everything that they want to throw to you, which you're asking for. But now you have that power. You have that power of taking charge, of going within, going to the outwards, gathering your information, chalking out a plan, and living with it. Don't have a one-year plan. Have a 10-year plan. Have a 20-year plan. Have a 30-year plan. You know why? Because it makes it easier for you to make mistakes. If you have a one-year plan, your chances of making mistakes is very small. But if you have a 10-year plan, you can avoid those options. So you're not under stress. So you do things peacefully. Now, for some of you, not being stressed might be a new emotion or a new feeling. So now is that time to simply step back and take it easy. Don't feel guilty. Take three, four days off. It's okay. You're going to land up making the same amount of money like you did. In a few circumstances, yes, there might be some pressure, but this is where it's going to test you on how you can be not the stress, be you and look at the stress as just another buffet or another meal in the buffet. We also believe that your environment or our environment dictates the activation of our genes. Sometimes the environment can assist us heal or sometimes it can assist you in getting sick. And we speak of both internal and external environment. For your internal environment, you know exactly what you need to do. Go through the previous notes, get very clear on your fundamental base rules, your circle of safety, your triad of balance, your circle of wellness, three simple thought processes and additional simple thought processes. That in itself will look after your internal environment. Your external environment, where we are today in this so-called uncharted territory, which we can call an opportunity highway. Focus is the most important factor. And you know why? Because this is the time when people are hoping, people are praying, people are in need, they are asking. Imagine. If we all come together in this thought process and we create that vortex, that collective consciousness of prayer, of going within, of going out to the universe, can you imagine how powerful a state that will be for all of us? Something to introspect. So where we are today in this uncharted territory, 
which is why everyone's in fear mode because it's new. It's shaken our foundation. It's made us realize that, hey, hello, there's much more to just a nine to five job. There's much more to the slavery of our thought processes that we are stuck in. And this is exciting. It's an opportunity highway. Focus is the most important factor that I can suggest you develop at this point. It's like driving a car. Your focus is on the road, but you're aware of your environment. You keep driving till either you hit a set of lights or a zebra crossing or a random incident where you are forced to stop. But even here, your focus is on the destination and how you want to get there. The distractions keep happening. And if you fall prey to the distractions, hopefully you don't, you may meet with an unfortunate incident. In the same way, the current environment has the ability of distracting you, but you have the power of keeping your focus. Now let's look at what we have just read or what we have just heard. To create the focus requires you to go within. It requires you to find your frequency and connect your existing frequency to the frequency of health and happiness. Now I'm not saying that your frequency is not the frequency of health and happiness, but remember the discussion of being able to be flexible and the ability to change. So even though you have your circle of safety, have the ability of changing based on what the environment is doing around you. You might have to eat differently. You might have to drink differently. You might have to think differently. And that's okay, as long as your focus is on your goal. Now remember, the goal needs to be about your purpose. If your goal is only on money, that's fine. Then you work in the money industry, in finance. But if you're working in health, in wellness, if you're working in industries that don't literally focus on money as the energy exchange, then I suggest you change that frequency. You ask for your purpose. For example, I am in the health and wellness industry. So my intentions are about health and wellness and helping people out. Then my second intention is the monetary side. But the main focus and the intention is me serving people and asking for them to be healthy and happy. Today we're going to speak about inflammation. Now we've heard of inflammation on the physical plane. Have we stopped to think about inflammation can be physical, mental, emotional and spiritual? At the least, and if you add this to a compounding theory, you can see that it all adds up. Yes, inflammation has its place to ward off infection and disease, but that happens periodically and is not the state you want to be in constantly. The state that we are in constantly right now is fight and flight, which causes overstimulation which then causes hormonal issues, which then causes imbalance in the weight. So it's very important to understand inflammation 
And let's go through the inflammations one by one. You have physical inflammation. Now let's look at the aspects that give you physical inflammation. Food. Yes, food is per se inflammatory. That's why choosing the appropriate food for yourself is very important. Lack of movement, dead drinks, low frequency thoughts, low frequency emotions, all manifest physical inflammation. So it's important for us to have tools and the best tool is meditation and movement patterns within your limitations to help you to reduce your physical inflammation. Mental inflammation. Mental inflammation is caused by stimulants, drugs, low frequency thoughts, the monkey mind running around the whole time, over information, over movement, lack of restful sleep, being in the fight flight mode, i.e. that means stressing about stress and not tackling the stress. Now, how often have we been stressed about something and it keeps going on and on and on and the resolution might be in front of us or the resolution might be as simple as simply writing it down and following the whole chain till you don't find a solution. Looking at emotional inflammation. Now, emotional inflammation is a big one. And it's a big one because emotions is what rules us. It can affect a mental balance. It can affect a physical balance. Even though all these inflammatory factors do combine, they all compound, emotional inflammation is, I would say, the biggest. We go get stuck to them. We question them. We beat ourselves over them then this causes more stress than the emotion itself. So in saying that, let me share a story. And this time my teacher has been my dad for this specific story. He put this fantastic example to me when I was a teenager. So this happened many, many years back. When you get a slap, the physical pain subsides in some time. But the emotional slap remains much longer. We move through upset, anger, rebellion, sadness, so on and so forth. And it keeps going on and on. This example came about when I was a teenager and I used to love picking fights. Now I am going to laugh and smirk when I share the story because when I look back, it's so unaware of me to be in that position, but that's okay. I have moved on from that, but I'm going to share the story with you anyway. So buckle up and listen to the story. So I used to love picking fights. So one day I was bored and decided to pick a fight with 20 people. I find this very funny because as I said, as, as I shared with you, not five, not 10, but 20 people. I mean, you would really have to be a bit cuckoo to do that or unaware as I say it. So that's how blind and unaware I was. Anyway, as expected, I was surrounded by the group and there was this one massive guy in the group, about three times my size and about two times my height. And 
at that point, I was extremely fit, strong, and I was at the peak of my karate practice. And though my sensei's, one of my sensei's was my father, my dad, and my sensei, or Soshian as we call him, always educated me that karate is not about fighting. To the point where he said, if someone has a knife on your throat, run. Chuck the knife out and run. It's not about fighting. It only trains you to be strong so you can run when there's a problem. I should have heeded his advice at that point. But I had to go through this lesson to wake up. So the fight happened. We beat each other up. I obviously got beaten a bit more. But somehow, I was not that badly injured. Now, what happens next is even funnier. The fight consumed me for one month. I became bitter, questioned myself, my abilities. Really? I mean, all of this for like 10 minutes of a fight and this went on for one month. So what would one expect? I'm talking to myself now from these poor choices. Besides that the fight was over, it was time to move on. But no, the emotion stayed with me for one month. I had anger, sadness, feeling bad for them because that's my core emotion. I start feeling bad for other people. But this incident taught me many things. I evolved in my karate practice. I went deeper into yoga and started my journey of self-development. So when I look back, I've always used an incident to improve myself. But now I've become wiser, so I don't let an incident make me improve myself. I work on self-improvement every day, and I get it right most of the times. But there are times I don't get it right, and that's okay. If I sit beating myself up about being imperfect, that's not growth. That's again getting stuck in the whole illusion and the monkey mind. So let's move on to spiritual inflammation. Being obsessed with the meaning of spirituality and not feeling it. This I call spiritual inflammation because spirituality is nothing but the spirit to feel what you want to feel, to own the emotion you want and the emotion that serves you. Going round and round intellectually rather than experientially will cause inflammation. For example, I tackle spiritual inflammation by creating compartments and boundaries for when I deliver a lecture like now. I'm coming from an intellectual space, but with aspects of spiritual experience and the spiritual space. So when I meditate or teach yoga, I come from a spiritual space. When I consult for life coaching, I come from experiential, spiritual, emotional and spiritual places. So in this manner, it's important to create your zones and keep the boundaries supple. So not only are you aware of them, but also allow the possibility of flow between the boundaries. Remember balance. It's all about balance and balance will change for each individually, each individual individually. Just like you, I am still playing and experiencing the space. So all I can share is that it's fun and it's really rewarding. We are always going to be students all our lives. And the moment we understand that, we understand that the solution lies within us. The fundamental base rules 
will help us to get the solution quicker. And nothing is more powerful than meditation and understanding yourself. So these were the four inflammatory aspects that I spoke about or shared with you. There are many more inflammatory aspects. I'm just discussing four at this point, okay? Because that's quite relevant for us. For example, like I keep saying, too much information, no good. Little information, good. You practice this, keep this as your boundary, as your base, and move from that. Now, a very, very important thing is adaptability. In today's day and age, if we don't adapt, you will find emotional, mental, spiritual, physical inflammation. It'll attack you and you'll be at the mercy of it. So my question to you is, why would you want to be at the mercy of any inflammation when you can adapt? Now, how to adapt? It's not difficult. If you don't adapt, you don't live. You simply survive. It's important to understand your fundamental base rules. I've shared all that with you and I will be uploading the audio podcast very soon after the end of the 21 days. In the meantime, you can read the notes on the Facebook page of in-home wellness and the videos I keep taking down after a session because I'm editing them and then I will reload them or upload them at the right time at the end of 21 days. So if you don't adapt, you don't live. You simply survive. It's important to understand your fundamental base rules in life. Based on that, have the ability to adapt. So be flexible, but still have the ability to feel grounded. Remember, we have five elements in our beings. Earth, water, fire, air and space. Like everything we have spoken about, this too is important to experience all these emotions in balance, all these elements in balance and adapt it to suit you. In today's environment, we are overstimulated with fire, air and space. So it's important to find balance in earth and water. Now earth is again meditation sitting on the ground and water, we all know, drinking fresh water, going for a swim when you can. If you can't swim, having a water massage. So taking water and massaging your body with it. Also sitting close to water. So maybe fill a bucket of water and sit next to it during the day. If you're sitting on a chair, take a small, um, small bucket or a small vessel of water and keep it under your chair. That'll just help you feel more water in the body. Remember, water is also the food and the liquids you eat and drink. So become aware of that and research it further. So how do we adapt? We all know adaptability is important, but how do we adapt? Just like you train your body to be flexible, train the mind to be flexible, or as it's called, brain plasticity, also known as neuroplasticity. There's a lot of information online. Go read some and then process what's important for you. Neuroplasticity is a term that refers to the brain's ability to change and adapt as a result of experience. So the experience should give you the power to adapt rather than looking at that experience as being a negative or a low frequency. No, I'm not saying that every experience will be high frequency, 
but once again not getting stuck to that experience not getting stuck to that low frequency rather looking at it as a buffet as a buffet and choosing the foods or the emotions or the elements you want there's a fantastic meditation which i will share with you at the end of the 17th 18th, 19, 20, 21. So we got five days after this. So the last three days will be meditation focused. The meditation is called the buffet meditation. So we use the analogy of a buffet with different foods and make choices of the foods that we want from the buffet. Connected to the emotion and experiences and use that analogy to choose the emotion and experiences that serve us. It's very important to exercise our choice, but also allow the possibility that the universe looks after us. The most important thing is to have faith and belief that everything that you're going through is what you have asked for. Now, some might say, no, I've asked for something else, but something else is happening. My question is, why would the universe choose you differently to choose me? There is no reason for that. The reason is simply you need to introspect and find out why you are not getting what you're asking for. Is it because you're self-sabotaging? Is it because you're not adapting to what is required? For example, you can't change a situation or somebody else, but you can only change the way you adapt to it. So maybe it's a matter of understanding that there's a law of nature, which means when you create an intention for yourself, the intention must be around you and how you adapt or how you handle what is happening in and around you. You can't control what happens around you, but you can control how you react or better respond to it. But that is the key in understanding your intentions, both consciously and subconsciously. Now, how do you understand your subconscious state? by meditation. What kind of meditation? I have a meditation known as a super conscious meditation, which I will share with you again in those last three days. So 19, 20, 21. That is the quickest and easiest way of moving into your head, moving into the brain, moving into the subconscious and working through the patterns that don't serve you and creating the patterns that serve you. For the ones who want to go onto my YouTube channel, it's called bodygururetreats.com.au. Go ahead. There are some meditations I've put up there. So download what you can. The YouTube channel is still being uploaded or upgraded. So bear with what you have. But the information is enough for you to get started. I hope you have had fun listening to what I've shared with you as much as I have shared bringing it to you. And remember the lesson for today. And for every day of your life, exercise your choice, but also allow the possibility that the universe looks after us. Be smart, be aware, and learn from other people's mistakes, but at the same time, create your own experiences.